Lolly Ho, and welcome to Charlene Dropouts, aka Cook Your Base to Chocobo to an eternal temperature of at least 350 degrees Fahrenheit. This is a monthly Final Fantasy XIV podcast that is part of the Axe of the Blood God RPG podcast family. I am your host, Nadia Oxford. Joining me, as always, are my co hosts. Uh, first, we have Mike Williams. Say hello, Mike. Hello, hello, folks. How is everybody doing this day, evening, whatever it is for you when you're listening to this? And Victor, say hello. Well, I'm looking forward to showing you guys the world of the Omega Raids. That's right, I'm Victor Hunter, and I can't wait to introduce you both to the Omegaverse. Yeah, we've been kind of uh, behind on that. We we still have, see, I think both Mike and I still have to do the Omega Raids, and uh, Victor will be guiding us through, but we had to cancel last week. Yep, yep. Um, I'm ready for it. Uh, the raids, raids aren't bad, like, after the fact. They're not progression. No, that is true when you think about it. But uh, yeah, I've been kind of busy catching up on on a lot of stuff I've left behind, actually. Like I've been doing like quest threads that I left dangling and, and raids that I kind of left unfinished. And so I come back to a raid and uh, some poor kids waiting for me like six months later, like, oh, are you here to, to save my father or whatever? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. No, I told you to make it someday. He's been hanging from a ledge for months. <laughs> I was getting, I was getting very tired. <laughs> well, actually, uh, a lot has happened in Final Fantasy XIV land, and I guess we're going to be covering some of that today. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess for starters, none of, us, none of us are playing Endwalker for a reason. Can, can we cite what that reason is? Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, Victor. It don't exist. <laughs> it ain't real. We decided, <laughs> we decided we don't care about the game anymore. This is the last episode. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Done. Uh, yeah, no, it... Uh... They decided to move right on, and uh, Final Fantasy 16, which we saw in um, you know some trailers, we thought was a single player game. No, it is in fact uh, <laughs> the next MMO, and so that's why Yoshi P uh, and his team uh, at Creative Bits Unit are working on it. No, that's I'm, not true. It was just delayed. I'm I'm also getting you both into eleven, so that's what we're doing now. Is oh, our, okay. Uh, <laughs> First we do eleven, then we can get, then we can go to fourteen. Actually, yeah. my husband, when he was a kid, his parents used to make him finish like a, a prequel before he was allowed to do like a, a sequel. So he had to finish the original Metroid before he was allowed to play Super Metroid, <laughs> which is just ouch. Talk about earning your stripes. Where were you guys when you heard the good news or the bad news or the 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 news? Let's just call it that. Well, I cover Final Fantasy fourteen for a living, so I was literally watching the live letter from the producer and then they they you know it was the very beginning of the live letter and they were like okay and we're gonna have to do this and then it's the coverage scramble of who's gonna write this all right do you need any images i got images for you all right what about any quotes you need direct quotes i transcribed it for you oh we got it together who's gonna edit it yeah it's up now let's go and then the live letter was another like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did you stay there for the whole thing? Yeah, I was covering it. I had to be at the, the entire thing. I was live tweeting it. You had you had photoshops to make of Yoshi P's face on various Final Fantasy characters. You, uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, no, I did. I did do uh, some photoshops. Uh, uh, Yoshi P and uh, Sakaguchi-san. I, I've done like five different images of him 
because I was following Sakaguchi-san through his journey. So every time he'd get to a new expansion, I'd write a new article and Photoshop him on the Warrior of Light <laughs> for that game. That's awesome. Which, yeah. since he's playing a Lalafell, I mean, I really got to take you to task here, Mike. You got to be putting his face on a Lalafell from now on, because yeah, uh, this is Lalafell no, erasure. I refuse. You're misrepresenting his journey. The warrior, <laughs> the warrior of light, is a Hume, and a Hume he shall be. He's a straight white Hume, and that's the way it's always gonna be. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we don't know. If he's straight, but what's his yeah, name? Who was the warrior of darkness? What's his name again? Ardbert. Uh, Ardbert. Thank you. Um, is technically our counterpart, so I just assume that's who he's supposed to be. His sexuality, it's up in the air. We don't really know. But <laughs> he is that dude with that standard hair and whatever. That yeah, um, Lalafell uh, healer who runs with Ardbert, uh, she really has a thing for him. Like, I mean, she's... Lamet. Yeah. I mean, she straight out wants his dick. She says it outright. Like, it's, yeah. it's there in the lore. Right. But yeah. but but he, I mean, his, I mean, he loves his friends. Sure. Very much, of course. But probably his most emotional moment is is with his, his beautiful steed. Uh, which you know, uh, so you know wh- wherever he wants to roll that's okay also he's dead <laughs> <laughs> it, it's much easier to be true to yourself when you're dead so good for him i suppose well, he's kind of dead he's hanging out in your body sort of i suppose right and so yeah. i guess the, the the warrior of light is supposed to be Arbert in our world because that's the art that's the version that's in all of the the cutscenes, yeah, and the covers yeah. and whatnot, yeah, yeah, and that's sort uh, of the sort of the meta reference they were definitely going for when they introduced the Warriors of Darkness in the first place. Yeah, I was actually wondering, uh, Victor, you could probably tell me this if they mm. had the the whole purpose laid out for the for the Warrior of Darkness, like when they first made him like show up in where was it Heaven's Word? Like he seemed like such a I was yeah. I was laughing at my ass off at the Warrior of Darkness when they were first introduced, but then yeah. when by the end of Shadowbringers, I was like, "Oh, you know what? This is actually extremely sad." They had no idea. They they just set up. They they plant as many trees as they can, and then hope that a couple years later, those have grown into enough trees that have enough vines dangling from them that they can Tarzan their way to a story that makes sense. And, uh, and dang it, they did it. I mean, but like the, the, the through line of, of Ardbert and the warrior of light and the, like both the textual and the meta textual of the, you know, I'm so glad we've moved on to either just calling him like the warrior of light or like Ardbert or like whatever we call that representation of, of the warrior of light. Cause there was, there was a long time where he was called the derp lander um, uh, in, in the fan community. And I'm <laughs> so derp- glad we got over that. <laughs> you know, I, I was just calling him the jabroni of darkness. When I first saw him, cause it was so stupid. Yeah. Cause the, the meme image of the, the laughing and then the straight face. Yes. Is that warrior of light in game. Until they like improved the really, model, right? yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, because you know, you <laughs> know, he's. It yeah, it's um, it's been sort of the the through line of because you know he, uh, 
you you can't take the the FMV cutscenes literally, but he is the same guy who's been there since the 1.0. And I think we've talked about this before that like the the party that you have that that he has in the 1.0 intro scene then became the Warriors of Darkness or or at least the visual inspiration for the Warriors of Darkness. So there's that that kind of like, yeah, through line of that. And And I've always wondered what happened to. So so assuming Mm -hmm. that they exist as counterparts of the Warrior of Light, what happened to them? Are they just like sort of like there's just uh, a a Lalafell healer that's just like running a shop somewhere. Well, that's the thing. That's why, that's why it has to be more of a meta thing than a literal thing. Right. Cause like, because they have to like, they, they were all just placeholders to represent the different races and different classes you can play. And then it sort of became this like tongue in cheek kind of, you know, every time there's a new FMV cutscene, we get a different incarnation of that same midlander from 1.0 and right. to the point where in right. endwalker he's in the same pose that he was in for the key art from 1.0 to like the, illustrate his progression and um, the semi-spoiler the one encounter towards the end of Shadowbringers sort of establishes that all of us are the warrior of light in different realities i mean yeah it's ooh, <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I I have to just until we get a proper explanation for that, I'm chalking that up to the rule of cool. Like that just has to the be like cool. like we wanted to present this. We wanted this to be a climactic moment that really shows like again, it's it's a metatextual thing where it's like you're at the end of this game. We want to show you triumphant standing there with your friends. So let's like illustrate them coming to your side from across the cosmos and across the barriers of of existence and but man i really i gotta i i don't know if they're ever gonna try to explain that in a way that makes sense (laughs) holistically or not but it is cool it it, it does absolutely fit the rule of cool absolutely so going back quickly to the live letter, um, how screwed do you think we all were when we, they started without the trailer and then did the deep apologetic bow? That's when I realized, okay, we're going to have a, a pretty big delay on our hands. Well, well, even then, it was it, it ended up being, what, two weeks? No, two weeks is nothing. Like, when I saw that, I thought, oh, God, it's going to be, like, next year. Yeah. But, yeah. no, it was like, oh, two weeks. That's barely worth mentioning. Yeah, because we're, we're definitely in the, the, the time of... Um, Everybody, mo- mostly hardware folks, are just being like, oh, we can't deliver this year. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be moving it out to 2022. And for a while there, the, the, the scrum was March and February 2022. But we're starting to see some move beyond that, at least. So uh, that was the original worry that they were going to be like, uh, it's coming February 2022. And, and then <laughs> yeah. just he- hands and head, just like, oh, God. Uh, My life is ruined. Right. Whereas even this, the, the two-week break, like if you were a person that had to cover other games. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The original launch date was like, what? Right. Call of Duty, Battlefield. 
Oh God, Halo that's Infinite right. Multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. Like that was all within like the same week. Now that we have two weeks off, there's not much coming out. So like if you were covering other games, now you can actually spend time in to Endwalker, uh, which uh, according to them is the biggest expansion they've ever created. Yeah. So, so you're going to want all the time you can get. And uh, the people I feel most sorry for, like I totally understand the two week delay. Like it's like, God, don't even bother oh, yeah. apologizing for that. That's, <clears throat> that's nothing. But yeah. I do feel for people who had to take pay time off because uh, I don't know how many, if you guys have worked like retail and service and all of that, but your mother could die in December and you would not get the time off. So there was no way anyone was moving that yeah. time off. Uh, well, I mean, you could be like, I mean, I, I know I said my mom's funeral was X, uh, but now it's two weeks later, just, you know, for financial. <laughs> so like, I'm not, I'm not going to be here for X amount of time, but I, I mean, most places are flexible and, and now this is moving. What? Next week, December 3rd, is the 7th or the 9th the actual day? I think the 7th is the actual day. The 7th yeah. is the actual day. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting into the proper holiday season. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't think anyone's, like, if you're at an office job at that point, it's like, you're just coasting. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're coasting. But if you're in service or retail, you're dying. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. This year, it's, it's, it's getting slightly better. Uh, a lot of places are being like, yeah, we're we're just not opening on Thanksgiving because I hope so. Yeah, retail has been doing Black Friday since uh, oh Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw an ad for quote unquote Black November. I'm like, wow, you make it even sound even more dire than it already is. Black November. Let's call something uh, Black November during a plague. What a great yeah, idea. Yeah. I so love I that. think it was like Target was like, yeah, no, we're 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 not opening on Thanksgiving. That we're just not at all. Good. Yeah, no, good. everyone deserves time to play Endwalker, like from bottom to top, start to finish, <laughs> including us. We should be talking about Endwalker, but we're not. So we're actually just going to go ahead and talk about something we've been wanting to talk about for a very, very long time. And that is our predictions as to what is going to happen in this expansion. All right. Now, a lot of the gameplay stuff has been covered, I think. I don't know if there's much to say anymore about uh, job upgrades or, or whatever, but there's probably still a whole lot of stuff to say about uh, about the story. And um, I guess I'll just kick things off on a really, really positive note and say, okay, what's the death pool for this game? Like, who amongst the Scions is going to come out of this alive? Um, I mean, going with that that one shot that they put in the live letter trailer, I I feel like Alphano is is gonna they they do either this... go somewhere. No, 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 no. They do this all the time, though. They've been doing this since like patches for heaven's word and and they did it a ton in stormblood where you get a trailer or a teaser that like they did it when they showed uh uh Ishtola getting getting got by xenos at the beginning of stormblood they did it with somebody in one of the recent patches they'll always do like a little brief shot where where it shows someone in peril or giving a, a speech or taking a moment center stage for whatever reason. Oh, and yeah, they, yeah. They, they know people get worked up with it now. Like they know <laughs> people expect that and and will get all riled up. So I, I think I think it's a red herring. I think I don't think it's self, you know. So even if he doesn't die, 
what if what if we are we are we are seeing old charlian uh we are definitely diving into that family dynamic uh-huh. and if if dear old dad was to step down from the leadership role hmm. alice is not the one that is taking over there no sure no. yeah whereas alphano Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it's his time to step up and, and be a leader. Uh, uh, not die, but go yeah. somewhere else. I, I can be see busy that. for a while. I mean, no, I, I can see, I can, see, see I can definitely see the dissolution of the scions of the seventh dawn. Yes. Because, because the whole, you know, the, the whole theme of Endwalker is a new dawn after the mm-hmm. midnight that was Shadowbringers. So I, I, I can definitely see by the end of this us being in a world where the scions are no longer needed and they get to move on and do other things for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, change up, change up the squad. I figured, you know, Giratia is probably going to stay around. Alice yeah. is going to stay around because uh, both of those, uh, they are, they are hungry for the, the, the warrior of light, whatever. Uh, <laughs> hungry and thirsty. <laughs> hungry for that booty. Uh, so they're not. They're not going anywhere. In fact, they 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 make. Ishtola made it makes a joke about it like twice, in some mm-hmm. of the later things that the Giratia and Alice are just like always following the warrior of light because yes. they both definitely want that booty. Yes. Um, <laughs> so. I think even the devs have said that the only canonical crush there is in the game is Alize for the Warrior of Light. Is everything else is really? kind of speculative? Yeah, I mean, I, might have been that, I mean, come on, you you can't. Gear Gear T is like it, oh, he's absolutely it's, it's it's hero worship, but it's definitely like a little like gay hero sure. worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. <laughs> You know, they they leave a lot up to interpretation, but also nudge a lot of things in, in a lot of directions to facilitate that interpretation. Yeah, but I <laughs> no, can see some of the others. Uh, Thancred going back uh, to his erstwhile daughter, uh, Ishtola, and Uriandjur. Um, you know, uh, Ishtola has grown from a realm of Vorn till now very yeah. much so so taking that next step i could also see that um i would like to see a, a, a world where like thancred yustola and orianche get to just chill like they've been around since the beginning <laughs> yeah. they are they've they've been at louis Soi's side forever it would be nice if they can just i don't know uh, I could just, see them honestly all going back to uh, the first, as uh, Mike oh, said. Sure. That's where uh, Rhine is, and uh, you got Reen and Runar. Runar, uh, Ru- <laughs> poor Runar. He, he'd, he'd be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Have you ever seen the minion for Runar? Where if he gets near a Yustola minion, he'll take out a flower and hold it to her. It's really, super really cute. disgustingly cute. Oh, he does! Oh my god, I it's actually... adorable. Yeah, I, I have all. I now have all of the art books, with the exception of the Realm Reborn one, which I think mm. is getting reprinted in January or something like that. Mm. So I have it pre-ordered. Awesome! Nice. Um, That's a good idea. But yeah, I I, the, I also I I honestly feel like Xenos is getting Vegeted. He's I, gonna. I am so. I have so many mixed feelings about him getting Vegeted. 
I don't. For the I don't same think reason, I have happen. feelings about Vegeta getting Vegeta. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> you are you still did genocide. You, you like, kind of. <laughs> it's okay. It was Sunday. The buildings were empty. Uh, I mean, yes, but also there are a lot of Star Wars Raylo fans, and Kylo That's Ren true. definitely did the genocide as well. Sometimes when and then love and friendship happens, <laughs> sometimes when love or friendship happens, you got to put the genocide over here. Yeah, it's got to be water under the bridge, you know, uh, demolish not, the entire population. I'm not saying right. someone someone can't be into him, but he's gonna die. You you don't you don't get to Gaius is the only one only one I'll give a pass to for for being. Uh, he did die. Yes, right. Yeah. Zenos did die. He just, it didn't take and sure, he came yeah. back. Yeah, he got okay. better. He got better. It's all right. He's He was totally sunshine after that too. He was fine. Now I have a lot of friends who are really into Zenos. I have no opinion of him one way or the other. I'm actually hoping that maybe Endwalker makes him a little more interesting. But yeah, we'll I think see, so. I, guess. I mean, I, I don't think he'll fully, and I think he'll survive and I think he'll be Virginia, wow. but he'll be like Gaius or Astinian where uh, he'll soon dare his way. It's like, I don't want to be around you. Sundarius oh, way around wow. This is like, but, but anytime something actually happens, like he'll be there. I think oh, he's too far gone for that. That, that <laughs> seems like a role that Astinian handled very, very well. And Gaius handles very, very well. If they tried that with Xenos, I would be, I mean, what what happened to him as a kid? Do we know? See, well, if if Yotsuyu didn't get Yotsuyu, kind of got her redemption, but she had to die, as you said. So I can see the <laughs> yeah. same happening. Yotsuyu's, I, I can see him having a, a last minute, like, oh well, if I can't beat you, then I'll help you kill the big actual bad yes. guy. Yeah, yeah which is kind I, of I can boring. See that to be honest, maybe happening, but I I don't know. Also. We're gonna find out that uh, Anima is his mother. That's gotta be. I need. I need oh. that to happen. I need that to be the connection. I need that to I be never even our. About that. I need that to be our FF10 connection to why, <laughs> like, make him a little Seymour-ish. And and Anima has some. I want. I want Anima to have a connection to to Xenos. It could it happen. happen. And also, my my question. I guess, and, and I didn't realize until they were doing the walkthrough and the live letter um, what pandemonium is going to be because it has to take place after the story plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that the first step in something else? And it definitely looks, I don't know, a little bit of FF8, a little FF10 uh, well, it, in it, terms it, of look. It's, uh, I mean, the 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 core of pandemonium is is ff2 which is all about yeah. all about someone coming back from the dead and being even worse than before and <laughs> and our key art is of yes. la habrea um so either we're getting another la habrea's getting another kick at the can now that all the other unsundered got got their time I was in the actually limelight. wondering what was going to happen because we're out of unsundered so we, <laughs> yeah. we gotta have a, another big bad unless yeah uh, or uh what what's what's uh, the allegans maybe one of I'm them i'm wondering about the allegans yeah makes makes a return they're they're evil king dude again. zande 
is on yes, there. Thank you. See, this is why I like Victor. Victor remembers <laughs> all the names. Well, Victor knows like, the names. The, the, the dangling thread that we have of the Alligans that, that seems to be relevant uh, to some elements of, of Endwalker is that they conquered space. They, they mastered space travel. There, there are Alligan spaceships out in deep space that have never returned. So if they ever want to pull from that, like if, if we ever go beyond the moon or, or we want to, like if they want to bring Alligan stuff to the moon for a plot device or just to give us a reason to have Alligan tech on the moon, they, they did it. They did space stuff. We did. We did indeed have our our that's no moon moment already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. It's purely on Allegan tech. Yeah, tech. Yeah, that must have been a pretty cool thing to actually experience uh, if you were part yeah. of one point though. That would have been yeah. that would have been neat to see. You guys didn't get to do that, did you? No. No. Yeah, my friends no, did. I, I have I a couple not, of friends. I was legacy. not. Uh, like I have a copy, but I didn't. I never like installed it and played it. Yeah. yeah, can you play 1.0 anymore? Or is it just completely wiped off? It's the gone. Earth? It cannot. Okay, at so all. it's dead. It's sleeping. There, there, there are some people who have set up some tools that you can use to keep navigating through some of the assets and things in 1.0. Right. Um, but there's nothing. Giant flower pots. I wonder if they're going to mix. Maybe you proposed this before, Victor, and I apologize, but the Allegan tech might turn out to be Lunarian. Uh, some of that's going to mi- get mixed in there. Oh yeah, we did talk about that last episode. We did. What did I? What was the bonkers <laughs> uh, theory I came <laughs> up with in the last second? Something about lunarians. Something about lunarians remember. and and Fusoya was 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 yeah, going to be yeah. someone or other. But <laughs> yeah, it's I can see that happening absolutely, especially since uh, yeah. Basically, I've kind of finished the Warring Triad. I had left that. Uh, I had left that uh, thing. Oh, just great. Kind of linger. So yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, the void. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that yeah. we could work with here. But yeah, I like the Lunarian theory for obvious reasons. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if by the end of the episode, I can synthesize that into something that makes sense. <laughs> if anyone can do it, I'm sure it's you. on to a uh, a point of discussion that I'm sure Victor is going to uh, really, really enjoy. What is up on Daniel's ass? What is going on with this man? Okay. So, we, the, the, the the whole mystery of Endwalker is, is kind of figuring out what Fan Daniel wants. Yes. He, he claims to want everyone to die in the final days. He just wants everyone to die. Yeah. Why, though? Um, Because that seems bonkers. So either he's lying and and is just maybe using that rhetoric to, to like, spur Xenos into action because he knows Xenos wants to, like, get at the warrior of light so what better way to lure out the warrior of light than to threaten the world kind of thing and and when we know that fan daniel knows something about xenos's past um something about xenos that 
connects to the ancients. We don't know what it is yet. Or there's some truth to the idea that he wants complete genocide and that there's something to be gained from that. And there's right. there's precedent for that in Final Fantasy. Um, one that comes to mind for me is FF13. And I know nobody cared what the villain wanted in FF13, <laughs> but I did. Um, and FF13 was about like a race of godlike beings. They were the Falci, and they were created by their creator gods who then departed to the heavens to let them do their thing. And the, the plan of the Falci was they wanted to get back to that. They wanted to return to their creators. They wanted to, right. um, you know, they, they needed access to the realm from whence all things came. And their plan for doing that was uh, like create human civilization, foster these human souls, and then slaughter them all in one fell swoop. And that many souls departing for the afterlife at once would force open the gates to the afterlife and they could claw their way back into heaven, basically. Because science, RPG science. Because science will just... We're going to cram as many souls as we can through <laughs> into the afterlife and we're going to go with them. Like that's going to. Yeah. That's going to imagine door not the... opening at all. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is, you know, there there have been plans like that throughout some Final Fantasies. It's it's all about like, you know, um, breaking breaking the rules of the world and 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 bending them so that you gain access to you know the noumenal realm to the realm beyond right. to to that sort of thing um and and i i i feel like there there is a lot of reference in 14 to you know laws of the world being rewritten um uh you know, um, when when Emmett Selk talks about the final days coming to Amarat, he talks about um, like the the laws of the world were warped and twisted, yeah. and and you know, reality itself was crumbling at a at a at a, a time at a quantum level. You know, right. So <clears throat> this this brings me. To my PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> I need you both to bear with me. Okay. Uh, I promise. If at any point in time you have questions <laughs> or would like <laughs> clarification or uh, need me to expand upon a subject or have your own thoughts about a subject, please feel free to chime in. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I should have an air horn. Questions. This, this begins... My presentation of uh, Hunter's grand unifying theory of the disparate and esoteric, both ethereal and historical, a treatise on terminal ambulation, revised edition. Hey, you're supposed to be a dropout from Charlie and you can't do this thesis <laughs> bullshit to uh, me. Uh, oh, no, they're going to know I'm a nerd. Again, it's <laughs> <laughs> swirly. Uh, uh, so. The final days. We know 
uh, Fandaniel's goal is a, a, a return of the final days. Right. We know that the final days was triggered by a sound. It's described as a keening um, or a wailing or uh, just like a, a horrifying sound that came from inside the planet and, and yeah. terrified everyone. Yeah. Our, our best guess is that that was so horrifying that the ancients with their creation magic uh, lost control of that creation magic and started creating all of their worst fears. Right. Those are all the things we fight during the Amarat dungeon. Those are the things that that they create and then they get more scared of and then they create more horrifying things. Yeah, they just kind of keep crapping their pants and making it worse. Totally, yeah. And then stepping in it and then it <laughs> gets all over the place. Um. So I have a few I have a few disparate elements from throughout all of 14 that I think I can tie into this what the final days could be where it could start from how it could have been triggered and how right. Fan Daniel is going to do that. I'm going to start with a mystery from 1.0. <clears throat> so uh we've been told that Endwalker is going to address a, a, a major loose thread or a major mystery that was introduced in 1.0. And ah. I think for most of the lore-obsessed community, that is uh, Silver Tear Lake. Right. Um, so in 1.0, in that same cutscene with the Warrior of Light, uh, he, he experiences... The Battle of Silver Tear Skies uh, through the Echo. Mm -hmm. The Battle of Silver Silver Tear Skies was about fifteen years ago from where we're at until we find out otherwise, and the timeline is being reconciled in some way. But uh-huh. for for now, in our time bubble, it was fifteen years ago. Garleans come in, big airship. They're trying to conquer Eorzea. Midgard Sormer shows up. He destroys the ship. It all crashes into Silver Tear Lake. The Warrior so of Light, cool. through the Echo, sees Silver Tear Lake, uh, uh, a bunch of lights emerge from Silver Tear Lake, and they have the forms of the Aeorzean primals. He specifically sees Ifrit, he sees Titan, and all of these lights, there's dozens, if not hundreds of them, and they all scatter around the world. Now, are, are we supposed to... It's also implied that the act of summoning primals started showing up more and more after that event. Now, we we know that primals had been summoned before that. Um, it It's also not clear if like all of those lights represented different primals or or even if this event was supposed to be metaphorical or or literal or what. But but th- there are plenty of places in the game where it talks about how Silver Tear Lake is ethereally rich. You know, they they right. they talk a lot about how Eorzea in particular is very special because it is it is rich with ether. That's why the city states have flourished. That's why civilizations right. have have come and gone, and it's been very Eorzea centric. Um. <clears throat> So we have this we have this wellspring of ether that hasn't really been explained. Why is it like ah. that? What these primals mean? We'll get we'll get back to that. Second point. The Amarat dungeon 
in Shadowbringers. Mm-hmm. So during the final section, I don't know if you both remember it. Uh, we're we're up above the planet. We're seeing like the final days happening yes. from space or like the stratosphere, and and we see the the meteors falling and and um, it was pretty cool. It's very cool. It's gorgeous. It was it was such a great great ending. Um, can anyone tell me what is missing from the sky during that part of the dungeon? Uh, something something that you'd think we'd be able to see. If we were up in space. Does it start with M and end with N and have two O's in the middle? It sure does. There, <laughs> there's no moon in the sky of ancient, uh, quote unquote, Heidelin. There, There's no moon. Now, that could huh. just be something. It could be on the other side of the planet. Who who knows? There, There's right. some plausible deniability there, but there's no moon in the sky. Huh. Um, I never even thought about that. We also get Emmett Selk describing how, you know, the, the, the laws of our, our, our star, our planet were, were warped and broken. Right. Um, and he also describes uh, how the, the sundering of, of the, the, the source into the, the 14 uh, shards um, happened. You know, we, we know that uh, Zodiac was summoned to try to stop the final days um, uh-huh. cause they needed something powerful enough to also rewrite the laws of the world back in a way that was manageable and could manage that chaos. That all went kind of tits up. So they all, all had to summon <laughs> Heidelin too. Yes. And then we get the fight between Heidelin and Zodiac. Uh, and, and Emmett Silk says that, uh, Heidelin dealt a decisive blow to yeah. Zodiac. Um, was this event metaphorical or literal or a little bit of both we will come back to it point three the anti-tower so charlian builds the anti-tower uh as a means to observe the ethereal sea which is Mm -hmm. what the core of the planet is made of it's like an amorphous ethereal blob in the middle of the planet that is like the life stream. It is. Oh, is that what that is? Is that where the, the Asians run away to whenever they're getting their ass kicked? Well, they, they sort of disappear into a, I think they have like a pocket dimension or something. That's a, they have a little bit of a different thing going on there. Cause that's where, um, Oh my God. That's where the chrysalis is that where you fight, um, Nabrialis back in two point, three or whatever yeah um that's yeah i that's a good question i don't know i was just wondering if there's a place where uh elitibus sends you when he tries to banish you well i i think it's it's more like where hyland sends minfilia before she she reemerges. it's where um it's where you know it's it's the life stream. It's uh-huh. it's it's where Yastola is before we we pull her back um, Twice. after she used yeah um, whatever that spell was called to to warp her around. Um, so yeah, we we have this building, this construct from a uh-huh. very learned race who is trying to observe the core of the planet and learn more about the ethereal sea and and how how. Uh, they they mentioned that you know 
reality bends and 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 physics sort of unravel the deeper you get and it becomes a little more unknowable as you get right. deeper and deeper into the ethereal sea um was the planet always like this that's a good question i mean sounds like it's pretty hollow so point four the endwalker trailer again cg movies we can't take too literally but it is of note that the Warrior of Light fights the first beast on the moon, which was an enemy from Amarat. It's right. described as yeah, one of the one of the horrors that that uh, signifies the coming of the final days. It's it's an aberration of creation magic. It's a horrible horrible monster. Uh huh. What's he doing on the moon? How would he get up there? That's what, what I want doing, to know. buddy. <laughs> Hey, so, buddy, what's doing over here? <clears throat> to wrap this all up, Hydaelyn is the planet that we live on. Uh, according to Elidibus and friends, and we, we have every reason to believe this more or less, Zodiac is either sealed on the moon or is resting on the moon or is inside the moon or is represented by the moon in some way. So we right. have Hydaelyn. Zodiac. I posit that what if the battle between Hydaelyn and Zodiac, as as portrayed on those murals that we always see of those two figures with uh-huh. Hydaelyn, you know, uh, uh, rider kicking uh, uh, Zodiac. <laughs> Zodiac, yes. Um, what if that is? a bit of a interpretation of events. They may, maybe weren't between two anthropomorphic primals because even Emmett Selk says he'll just he'll just call them primals for now because yeah. it's similar to what we understand. Yeah. Um, but that decisive blow was the planet excising its cancerous core, the, the source ah. of the the source of the keening was deep in the earth. So Hydaelyn right. needed to get rid of this this source that, that triggered the final days and shot it out of her and sent it into space where it became the moon. Now that, that excision would leave a wound. Uh, and, and after eons and eons and eons, that wound would become uh, a scar. I got you. And that mm. scar might fill with water and become a lake. And that lake is still a direct route into the center of the planet where the ethereal sea is. Aha. Uh-huh. So this is I what you're saying about it. silver yeah. silver tier. Yeah. I oh, posit that Silver Tier Lake is the scar left over from when Zodiac, the moon, was ripped from the core of the planet because it was also the source of the keening. It was the source of the the sound that 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 triggered these final days um and it was it was physically ripped out of the planet sent into the sky now we have also seen an area that we'll be going to on the moon and it features architecture similar to amarat and that of the ancients which if we're going by my theory uh would imply that it was either built before the fall of amarat or at least pre-sundering and much Mm -hmm. like the charlians and the anti-tower this learned race the ancients built 
facility is deep under the earth so that they could observe the core and learn more about it and study what was at that time the planet's core. And now we have those buildings that are shown in the key art for this area on the moon. Now, the sound was described as a keening, which is a, a wailing of grief. It's like a, mm-hmm. a, a cry of grief. Yeah. Um, and the center of our planet is called the Ethereal Sea, uh, a place where the boundary between, you know, the phenomenal world and the noumenal world gets blurred and, and, and physics and things become undone and unfurl a bit and make less sense. Um, and the name of the area that we go to on the moon is Mare Lamentorum, which means the Wailing Sea. Huh. Whalers on the moon, indeed. <laughs> Thank you for coming <laughs> to my TED Talk. Wow, that's a lot to really unpack right there, but you're probably <laughs> not that... I mean, nothing that you propose is really, really out of this world, so to speak. Like, it could absolutely happen. Yeah, see, none of my stuff is that deep. in the trailer we see the lady in white who's definitely some sort of avatar of Uh, heidelin yeah that my guess for her was uh menfina because we have menfina's i have menfina's earring now that i pre-ordered endwalker i'm like oh cool this is a cool earring yeah so my 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 guess just to say was that uh fandaniel is the zodiac avatar uh, well, Elidibus was. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then, see, that's what I thought. Like, like, yeah. Elidibus, the question is, is yeah. the Asian we see on the moon Elidibus back or Fandaniel? I mean, it, it brings into question what, what is happening to Zodiac now that his heart is dead. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. There is that. I, I, I would posit that the the white figure we're seeing is vena who who was mm. uh she was chosen much like uh Elidibus was chosen to be the heart of zodiac she was chosen to be the heart of hydalin um but much like uh azem and azim and azema we could absolutely if 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 uh vena has this uh, association with longing for the moon or a, a relation with the moon, uh, I could see that warping over time to become one of the twelve, Minfina, who is the 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 uh, patron deity of the moon for yeah. for Eorzeans. So, uh, yeah, that's my that is my that is my unifying theory of things that all seem to make sense to me. And, and I, yeah, I I think we're going to, I think we're going to find that, that the moon used to be the core of the planet. It got ripped out. And now it's flying around. Yeah. And that's why, that's why Eorzea is so ethereally rich, uh, because so much like, kind of gush to the surface there yeah it's built around that that scar that leads directly to the center of the planet do you know why since i know very little about 1.0 why midgar stormer attacked the empire in the first place i thought midgar stormer didn't really care about the affairs of men or did he care that uh, much he midgar stormer on the lake i thought no he, he was sleeping he ship. yeah uh he was 
he was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> Somebody woke him I, up. I, I, I don't recall. That's something I'd have to look up, but I think it might have been something that we haven't had much more of an explanation for other than he sensed that the Garleans were such a massive disturbance to the ethereal balance and, mm-hmm. and the 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 well-being of the place he had chosen to sleep that he just had to wreck them a bit. So he just said, hey, bitch, get off my lawn. And, yeah, uh, yeah. That was it. Yeah. That's a big ass airship he took down. That was a pretty cool scene. I never even sure thought about is. it though until after you brought all that up. And he, as you say, if they're saying, "Well, we have a, a loose end to tie up from 1.0," that'd be a pretty big one. Yeah, there, there are a couple other things, but they're all pretty minimal. They're like, you know, where did this NPC run off to? Or you know, there's there's the Gelmoran ruins in, in the North Shroud that were originally going to be something a lot more interesting. They all had like little amber. Tonberry uh like yeah. um sculptures around it that that were going to be used for something but that's all been filled in now and um I don't know there's like amber scale rock and there's a lot of a lot of Gridanian stuff that that kind of there's didn't a get ton of Gridanian stuff they could really work with like uh I mean hell something they wrote in the notes was uh why don't we have some more dusk white Allison anywhere somewhere please oh, yeah. <laughs> anybody yeah yeah Gaius's buddy is is the first Dusk White we've seen in ages that has any sort of the only one I even remember is the guy from the Lancer quests uh, who got killed by the wild pig or something ridiculous like that. Oh, yeah. He, he was so stupid. I'm like, who is this <laughs> dork? S- speaking of Tonberry, what if the true coming of the end of the days is a giant galactic Tonberry that is marching ever towards the planet? Uh, and, uh, uh, it couldn't be because the concept of Tonberries was invented uh, by um, <laughs> the Amdapori when, or, or the Maki when they were when they were fighting the Nimians uh, before the flood. So, uh, unless they were inspired by a cosmic by entity, a cosmic entity, there you go. marching slowly towards the planet. Okay, to I can, stab ma- it I can with make a that knife. fit. To oh, I'll make that to fit. Death. Yeah, that's my new theory. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we all gonna like get doinked. One. It's gonna happen to us too in the real world. Just, just do wait. Continuing quickly to the next point here, what is going to happen next? Basically, six point is supposed to be the end of the story. Six point one is supposed to be whatever comes next. But what comes next, Mike? M- more hot people. I mean, yeah, that's a given. <laughs> Once they stop doing hot people, then the game's over. <laughs> the numbers tank. <laughs> uh like I said, I, I, I feel like the 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 Allegans are are our best vector for things. Um but for the most part there's also a number of other games that they need to Yeah. Like, generally my thought is this. There's a number of games that they have not approached. Uh-huh. And, and I don't necessarily think they can approach them because of the tech levels that we have on Hydaelyn. Like at a certain point, Final Fantasy went Mm -hmm. 13, probably 15, you know, some of those are a bit too far future to really bring back in 14. Whereas if there are Allegans somewhere else, you can have like an entire planet where the tech is, closer to 13 like you can do those huge cities in 13 
again in, i gotta get you guys through the omega raids <laughs> we we've got we've got some we've got some right and i've some seen clues. some stuff yeah. so i've seen some stuff that that's like okay yeah the allegans were like way out there so yeah. like uh and i think once you do that then you can start um i, I mean the you the know Alligans, pump faking yeah towards like 13 yeah well and, the allegans were literally using assets from 13 <laughs> oh, really? all, the, all the stuff in binding coil a bunch of the enemy assets oh, that's right yeah because they were on such a tight crunch they literally took like all the dreadnoughts and and a bunch of the mobs <sighs> and stuff in binding coil uh it, it's why um there were some fan theories because there's there's some uh pulsian text on some of the enemy models oh really and, and some people were like oh, 14 is a sequel to 13 because look oh, these have pulsian God. writing on them from 13 but no it was just because they were trying to reinvent an entire world's worth of a game in in a couple years and they just needed to they needed to recycle a few assets from some older yeah. games. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the, the Allegans literally do have the technology of FF13. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking so, like the, uh, sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just like, you know, like either 13's cities and tech or even insomnia or something like that. Like all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, they can sort of do some of the enemies, but they can't really. Um, and assuming uh, Matsuno-san uh, continues, maybe we'll continue the the evilest thread, which is also yes. the same. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, their tech was like way out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking of them too. I, I think I I think I've maybe mentioned this on the show before, but that um, I mean, obviously, one of my dreams for a new expansion is to go to the new world, which is the the placeholder mm-hmm. for for North America. It's it's Turtle Island, uh, and um, you know, like you say, fifteen with all of its tech and inspiration. Fifteen is very much a is steeped in some some real like fifties Americana. It's the it's oh god, the yeah. Roots, Route sixty six like cars the rpg the yeah it's it's got the cars it's got the gas stations it's got the look and feel of that with with the final fantasy influence and the glamour set from a few patches ago the uh i believe it was the frontier dress and the the frontier yeah was that for the blue uh, mage i think no those were those were glamour items that were just fashion like level one fashion items for everyone but they're very like they're very fifties, like it's like a fifties oh. like housewife dress, and, and <laughs> that's like, what I want to adventure in. High yeah, heels and, and pearls, like, like real like classy slacks for the males, and a I think they had a fedora, like a like a wider brim fedora, and it was very like it was very fifties looking, like American, and the fact that it was called the frontier gear, uh-huh. and I'm and I'm thinking about well, what is the frontier as far as uh 14 is concerned the new world so are we going to go to the are we going to go to the new world and see that it has a 15 like uh, american i was about to say yeah you can definitely do the 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 15 style of of tech and stuff totally and and yeah yeah okay okay (laughs) it's kind of interesting when you think about how the Garlands are basically aping 
to the best of their ability, the the Alligans. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Garlean Tech kind of stops in that very Final Fantasy VI zone, whereas mm. the Alligans probably went all the way up to, as I say, Final Fantasy uh, 13, 15. Like, yeah. it kind of goes to just to visualize what that's, that disparity between them might be. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to see in Endwalker the Garleans and or what's left of them or whoever's running Garlemald uh, embracing some of that Omega inspired tech that is definitely on another level. Cause I mean, it's, uh, it's gotta be Sid, right? It's gotta be Sid. Uh, I, I think he's going to repurpose a bunch of it so that we can use it against them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I mean, as a, like, like my, my guess is that a lot of the stuff in like Boja Southern front Mm-hmm. And all that stuff will be is a setup for whatever is going to replace Garlemald. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you got Sid, you got Gaius, you got um, all those folks uh, from the Bojan Southern Front, like all of those characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't finished the whole Save the Queen storyline, but uh, is there a certain... Is there a legatus that survives? I don't. I don't know because there's a very important legatus in Boja that I feel like could come back, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he That's, lives or not. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I haven't finished it either, but yeah, mm. neither have I. So there you go. <laughs> well, we, I will We're, say no more. Then we will, we are drifting into ignorance, I suppose. I want to see them go to Miracidia sometime. That's all I really want. Totally. That's yeah. that's where that's where we can meet the civilizations that summon Zervon and and Sephiroth and Sophia. Uh, They're all I've, great. What great gods! I actually wrote a thing for uh, Fanbite about about equilibrium yes. and the song. Yeah, you probably saw it, Mike. I did. Yeah. There you go. So. Oh, that's I, wonderful. Yeah, I thought it was a. You can read it. It's just a kind of a breakdown of the song and the lyrics, and uh, yeah, I think it's a cool piece. I really want to. I really want to meet the beginning. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I can write about like Final Fantasy lyrics and music till the end of time. Totally, and die happy. I want to go to Maricidia to meet that race of of Jewish trees that summon (laughs) Sephiroth. <laughs> the best is having like a father who grew up Orthodox Jewish and you tell him about things like Sephiroth. It's like, what the hell are you? T- <laughs> yeah. well, what are they doing now? Sounds uh, <laughs> and, and I'm also I'm also looking forward to at at some point uh, during the Walker Pat cycle, maybe some of the characters from uh, the uh, what is shaping up to be the excellent Final Fantasy origin. Oh, um, yeah. I if I if I can oh, get yes. an emote with the iPod, um, <laughs> I think I think I I just need that. Except you do it with like a rock, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" Because <laughs> you don't have iPods yet. You can do it with your tome phone. Your tome phone. There you go. That's right. Or your uh, link shell or well, something. We, we're also they they mentioned uh, an FF seven remake collaboration ages ago offhand. So I I don't oh. know when that's going to happen, but. To be fair, the the FF15 collaboration came way after FF15 actually came out. Yeah, too, but, yeah. 
but uh, I was actually looking at my unfinished uh, yokai metal collection today and saying, "Wow, uh, <laughs> when when is this coming back? Cause I need to finish this." <laughs> yeah, I was I was farming fates for relic weapons, and where I was doing it, I kept flying through the Dragon Quest fate. Yes. And I was just like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not, I'm not even starting it. Because it's very short. I, I see, and I didn't, I didn't even want to look at how long it actually was, even though I, I think Stephen wrote a thing about it for the site, like how to do the entire event. It's like, no, I'm already doing too much. I'm doing relic weapons. I'm doing Palace of the Dead. Oh, are you doing Palace on- of the Dead? I'm, I just, I'm just trying to get glowy weapons at this point. I'm just like, let, let's just yeah. collect all the glowy weapons. Yeah. Um, I try to do Palace of the Dead. I got completely lost. And like, what's it called? Is after doing the ARR relic weapons, the resistance weapons, the Shadowbringers relics are so easy. So easy. They're so easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're breezy. I love them. I am actually doing the relic weapon quest for God, the my first Heavensward weapon, I think it is, the Gaybolg. And mm. it's uh like, okay, go to this dungeon and and power up your your weapon. Okay, that sounds cool. Then you go to another, yeah. and another, and another, and another, and another, and another. And it's like, you know what, what the hell's going on? And I stop and I look it up. And Jesus Christ, this is a list of of dungeons you gotta you gotta. It just finish. keeps going and it going goes and on. going. Yeah. It, it's like the song that never ends. Yeah. And so uh, I'll get to the bottom of that eventually. And then I have to do what? Like farm fates or something? Uh, yes, there's some fate farming. Light. There's some, yeah, you got to get light, light farming. Uh, you're you're best off just uh, setting up a party finder for that. Uh, there's there's going to be some farming for tomes. You need umbrite and uh, crystal sand, which is a huge step if if you're not stocked up on those things. Cause those a lot of people do this. Forever. I know it glows, but. It glows. It glows. Okay. It glows. It glows. I have and a all, nice. All of these steps used to be longer. Oh my god! So <laughs> again, you haven't done the AR, AR relic weapons, which <laughs> you have. Is it ten books? However, I think many it's books. nine it's, books. Yeah, it's too many books, yeah. <laughs> and every book books. has uh, like nine different enemies out in the world that you have to kill three of each. Um, three leave quests three dungeons and three specific fates. So you have to wait for the fate to pop. Uh, and you have to do that nine times for one <laughs> weapon. That sounds terrible. It is. It actually made me notice, like I've been leveling up ninja and I've noticed how much easier it is once you hit level 70 or even 60 to level up from there. Uh, versus going through that level 50 slog just mm-hmm. because they have so many uh, fates that give you extra experience. They just have so many ways for you to, sure, to get yeah. more experience. Like I actually am now doing the um, the allied beast quests and it's like, hey, fi- here, here's a, a moon kitty NPC. The only one I've really met. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the males anyway, there's plenty of females around. But yeah, yeah. oh, there he is. And he's an asshole. That's great. It's like yeah. the desk whites. Good stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll get lucky in the next game. So, yeah, I'm guessing that next time we get together, we will actually, barring any other delays, get to to talk about Endwalker. And uh, we will be quite deep into it, I suppose. It's going to be exciting. Or done. How long did it take? 
I'm trying to remember how long it took me to finish uh, Shadowbringers. I think MSQ was about a week for me, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think mine was a bit longer, but I have, I share the TV with my husband. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah. I could look it up. Whenever the US Gamer review went up, I literally had finished the thing like the day before. Oh, right. You were, because it's not like your reviewers get extra, like early copies, not like, you know, outside the, the early access. You, you kind of had to buckle down, as I recall. Yes. Yeah. As soon as it comes out, if you're reviewing it, you have to just, like, let's knuckle down and let's keep going. Main quest only. Main quest only. Nope. Can't go yeah. over there. Main quest only. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is why there's a lot of, a lot of this, uh, incidental, uh, content that I just never, Mm, never had right. a time to play so i never unlocked it so now i'm yeah. unlocking all of it and it's all like why is there so much like it's all it's all good oh yeah it's, yeah it's like when i got to 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 the diadem and the ishgard restoration i was like oh this is so much easier than leveling <laughs> the real way yeah for all yeah. the crafting and gathering i was like what what have i been doing with my life yeah up until why didn't anyone tell me no, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I guess anyone out here who's listening to this is probably looking forward to it. I'm sure we're preaching to the choir over here. Yeah. It is going to be a very big pleasure to talk to you gents about it next time we get together. I can't wait to have every element of my theory validated. <laughs> okay, I'm holding you to this, uh, Victor. <laughs> yeah, what happens if it's not validated? What if it's the opposite? Oh, uh, oh you're rejected. Sorry. Change, change my name, burn down my house, and move. <laughs> if we're gonna change it to something Final Fantasy XIV-ish, like, like Mr. Chocobo or something, yeah, 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 Mr. Chocobo, <laughs> <laughs> totally not, totally have nothing to do with Final Fantasy ever, ever again. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I looked real quick. It came out on July second. I had the review by July 9th. Wow. So like a week. Pretty good. Pretty darn good. Yeah, it must be a pretty good game if you liked it after all that. Yeah. <laughs> i mean it was it's just you know the marathon you're just like every night it's like let's yeah. go let's yeah. let's go and especially for Shadowbringers, that yeah. last i want to say fifth of the main story campaign is just bangers mm-hmm. whole thing is bangers for me it was because valthry all of that stuff um amarat you know it's just fantastic yeah. Oh, I loved Yomar, all of Yomar, especially when he yeah. turns his head to look at you. That was great. Didn't give me nightmares at all. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, before we wrap up, does anybody else have theories they want to get out published so that they can lay claim to if they're right? Any last minute? This is our last chance to put it out into the oh, world point. before we we don't have receipts. I think that uh, this is a, actually a, a friend of mine brought this up. Uh, Vitra is under Garlemald. The dragon, mm. the great one. Okay. Okay. Because uh, at the end of like five point five, someone Xenos mentioned the dreamer or something, and you heard something growl underneath the the streets. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right, all right. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with one. Uh, the next job is geomancer. Oh, oh, that's... <laughs> get out of so, here. So, so I'll, I'll see, I'll see y'all in 2023 uh, when whatever is next comes sure. out. 
<laughs> or we're all putting on our geomancer tights and dancing off into Mirror City or wherever we end up going. Yeah. God, yeah. Does anyone play geomancer? Like, seriously? People got to play it seriously, but I, I never even touched this class. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it. If it works exactly like Tactics Geomancer, in that where oh, you true. stand determines what you can attack. Make it like Blue Mage, like a completely useless class. Sure. <laughs> hey, you, you watch your tongue, young man. <laughs> look. Look. I leveled up Blue Mage. I uh, love Blue purely Mage with for all this, of my heart. For the, the, the Moogle event. And uh, I know people love it. It's a terrible class. It's Job, brilliant. Sorry. It's, the, it's it's brilliant. You can spit fish at people. That's pretty cool. You can't you can't do this this late into the episode, you monster. <laughs> That's okay. He doesn't like Dark Knight, which is like my preface class. He yeah. he thinks he's so big because Paladin's taking center stage for Endwalker. Uh, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I've also been been working on Gunbreaker and Machinus, so uh, Gunbreaker is dope. So I want to try Machinus a lot. I am debating between that and uh, Red Mage for my next DPS. Hmm. Yeah, yeah well, decide. we got to get, uh, got to make sure you can check off all the boxes for the roll quests. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, I guess that's it for this particular episode. It's very, the very important episode of, of Charlotte and Dropouts featuring Victor's really cool theories. <laughs> Victor, <laughs> since you, you said all the words today, why don't you go ahead and uh, be the first to promote something? Oh, thank you so much. I would love nothing more than to talk more. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me um, uh, at Victor E. Hunter on Twitter. Um, can hear my voice in Nintendo's very own Dragalia Lost on mobile phones. And um, I can announce that uh, I'm going to be uh, participating in a in-game play in Final Fantasy XIV All right. with the lovely uh, Stellatio Virtual Theater Company. Um, we'll be performing um, the Henderson Hall Horror, which is a one-act horror play uh, courtesy of Off the Wall Plays written by David Schmidt. Um, so that is going to be coming to the virtual stage sometime next year. Uh, That's awesome. Stay tuned for, for more details on that. Yeah, I want front row seats. Absolutely. Somehow. Mike, you go ahead. Well, see, I don't, I don't have, I should have gone first. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Automatic Zen, Z-E-N, and on fanbyte.com writing about Final Fantasy XIV every day. All right. And again, you can support Charlie and Dropout and Axley Bloodgod at patreon.com forward slash bloodgodpod. Both podcasts are available a week early and ad-free at the $5 level. A $10 pledge will also give you access to more monthly specials, like uh, we recently ranked the Cowboy Bebop anime episodes. We haven't really talked much about the live-action stuff. I don't think we will. Um, if you like it, find your bliss. That's really cool. But I don't think we're talking about that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll be back next month. And uh, by then, we'll be like, uh, yeah, we will be talking about Endwalker. This time, for sure. For realties. For sure, for sure. So be patient and be good. In the meantime, thank you for listening. And may your duty finder wait times be short. Be short.